A reading from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, from verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. As we enter Lent, which is traditionally a season where people fast, where people pay particular attention to their spiritual life, it's not surprising that the church sets the reading for the first Sunday of Lent to be that of the temptation of Jesus. And here we have it in Mark's account. And the very first thing I'd want to point out before we come to the particular temptations themselves is to note this, that Jesus himself was tempted. The fact that you face temptation is a fact of what it is to be human. Jesus faced temptation. It's not as if Jesus was weak. It's not as if Jesus was not a particularly good Christian. He was Christ himself. But nonetheless, he faced temptation. And whilst we pray, lead us not into temptation in the Lord's Prayer, nonetheless, temptations are things which do come our way. So, if you find yourself tempted in a particular way, don't fall for the trap of thinking this is somehow meaning I'm a poor Christian. No, rather see these temptations as something to be overcome. So back to the temptations themselves. Well, the first of them, this idea of turning stones into bread, is a very physical one. It's a temptation for our own physical comfort. Jesus, remember, had been fasting. Jesus, remember, therefore, was hungry. And the temptation there is to break the fast and to turn these stones into bread. But Jesus resists. We must be wary of simply thinking only our physical needs are important. Our spiritual needs are equally as important. The physical does not outweigh the spiritual. The second temptation that of throwing himself off the pinnacle of the temple so that God may save him, well, we might see that as more of a spiritual temptation. Jesus had just heard in the very preceding verses, the ones leading up to this chapter, that he was beloved of God. This was the, the baptism of Jesus, where the voice from the heaven declared, Behold my Son, in whom I am well pleased. And so there was a sense that perhaps God, because God loves him, would bail him out of each and every situation. Oh, jump off this pinnacle and God will bail you out. So whereas the first was a physical temptation, dealing with hunger, the second is a spiritual temptation, 
taking God for granted, thinking God will always bail you out. Oh, I'll sail close to the wind. It doesn't matter. God will bail me out. No, don't put God to the test like that. God is not there simply to bail you out. God is God. He is to be followed. The second temptation then is a spiritual one, just to sail close to the wind, to rely on God to bail you out of every situation. No, we are responsible for our actions. The third temptation, well, actually, that one's much more straightforward. Worship the devil and he will give you all of the world. And I know that none of us really attempted to indulge in devil worship, to fire up the Ouija board or whatever else it might be. But nonetheless, there is that temptation to cut corners, not in a spiritual way like we saw in the previous temptation, but in a moral way. Well, I know this isn't quite right, but I'll do it anyway, and it won't really matter. I'll get on in the world. It's it's the it's the end which is important, and the way that we get there, well, that doesn't really matter. Those temptations to cut corners with your morality, that is an ever-present temptation, and that is to be resisted. So when we look at this passage, we see that temptation is something which comes our way, but it is something to be dealt with. Beware the physical temptations. Beware the spiritual temptations. Beware the moral temptations. And if you find yourself falling, if you find yourself giving in to those temptations, then always remember that simply makes you a sinner like the rest of us. It simply makes you one who Christ came to save. And as you confess those sins, and as you repent and turn away from those sins, then you experience the forgiveness of God. So there is the message at the beginning of Lent, the passage set for us. Temptations come our way. We should resist them. But when we do fall, when we do give in, then we look through Lent towards Good Friday and realise that there forgiveness was secured for us.